We have Donald Trump because America was divided before. Did he take the? Did Trump take the division, the little fracture, and turn it into a gigantic fault? Yes, yeah, he did. Okay, but the fracture was there. The division was there. Yeah. And you were last in the White House, and you didn't see this or recognize this. You bubble <laughs> living motherfucker. Yeah. Like don't. This is not Trump's fault. This no. is the state of America. Trump is Trump is a symptom of the fault. Right. He's not the disease. Get him the fuck out. I'm 110,000% well, behind that. Get, but get then how the do fucking, we get the country back? Get the carcinoma or, off your face. Yes. But don't blame the carcinoma for cancer. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. God, it was really good seeing you last week. That was a blast. Man. It It was so good having you in town. It was so much fun. Uh, I wish I could have been there for the book reading, but it went, uh, apparently it went very well. Yeah, it went really well. It was so, know, sold, a, and, sold a fair amount of books, saw some familiar faces, uh, had a good talk about, you know, asked, took questions from the audience uh, about the process and stories that I left out or, you know, whatever. It was, yeah, yeah I think it went really well. And the Bughouse really well. show was a blast. The Bughouse show was a gas. I loved you debating yourself. Yeah. Um, the, the, the podcast came out Friday. Yep. So that's yep. up, and people can listen to it. Just go to you know literate slash podcast, and you can find out. Uh, check the bug house. It's, it's it's an epic show. And I'd be curious to know from the listening audience who thought which of which David Himmel did a better job. I would just be a curious good question. to know. You know, that's a good question. I, I listened to it. I mean, I edited it, so I listened to it, and I don't even have an answer for that right now. I have to think about that because I wonder if it's a Kennedy Nixon. TV radio thing because I had some more physicality in you did one versus the other. When you fell, yeah, you fell to the ground and you, yeah. Uh, yeah, you were hairy for a moment. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. That's good. Yeah. All right. It was a good. It was a good week. It was a good week. All right. Here's the thing, and I wrote a piece about it uh, that came out today. But here's the thing: as a part of Station Casinos, I had to go through yet one more of like a, I don't even know how many at this point corporate sexual harassment training sessions. Yeah. How many videos and, have you had to watch in those? Well, that's the thing. Is, is, and I actually put it in the piece. It's like, you know, I, I've seen at least five, <laughs> and they've not been repeats. They're all different videos, but they'll yeah. say the same five. It's all the same thing. Here's a clueless white dude doing stupid shit and then being called out on it. Now, this particular one was it's a guy who's meeting with HR, and HR is trying to explain to him, the things he did wrong. And then, you can't pull your dick out, Dave. And then, and then you see him do the wrong things. And uh-huh. then the guy expl- and the guy go, I don't know why that's wrong. And then the guy explains it to him that that's why it's wrong. And then by the end of the video, it's the guy going to the initial woman who he's complimented her sweater. That was the initial thing. He complimented uh, her sweater. How did he compliment her sweater? He said it's a nice sweater. With I mean, his dick like, out. No, the thing is, and I'm not speak frank, the woman that he complimented, just like a fat, dumpy old broad. So it wasn't like he was like trying to mac on her. Maybe he was. Maybe fat, dumpy, and old no, is his thing. No, that wasn't the script. It was just him <laughs> saying, 
Jesus. him, this young dude, just looking at his fat dumpy broad and saying, "I really like your sweater. It looks great." And then she gets uncomfortable because you have that takeaway where her face goes, "Ugh." And then yeah. he gets called in HR. Well, it turns out that he's a serial complimenter and serial. You know, he's like he's a, he's he's got a thing for know, sweaters, does he? He, well, you know, he also compliments some woman uh, that he works with that she lost a lot of her baby weight really fast. And that was sexual harassment. Okay. You know, and, and you know, like I wrote, I, I, I just want to take a look. Like I wrote. How did he say it? Did he say, hey, no. nice sweater. It, I like no, it was sweater. not. It was not. All right. Here's the things that I wrote down that I was, and this things I'm writing down is harassment does not have to be intentional. Right. Okay. The victim's perspective is inviolable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Both terms of endearment and f- this, I don't even know what the fuck this means. Facial expressions of a sexual nature are considered harassment. Anything on your phone that is seen over your shoulder can be sexual harassment. The people doing it uh, okay. often don't even know they're doing it. That's a quote. Um, and that labels, and, and, and they made a point that all labels are demeaning. All labels. All labels. They make that comment. What now, kind what of labels talking, are we talking well, about? Well, and this is the thing. Is, it, was, and it was actually, this was one of the better videos. Like he's walking down the stairs and he says, so how are things going, little lady? You know, it was like, oh, little lady. Okay. And so they say, he said, so the guy's like, well, how would you feel if she did that to you? And then they show her walking up the stairs and she says, so how you doing, marginally intelligent white guy who's a little sexually rapey? Whoa. And not the same thing. But that was the example they says, like, that's a label. And he says, labels, all labels are demeaning. And you know, I thought, okay. Why, why wouldn't they just go, you know, how you doing there, little lady? And flip it. How are you doing there, little boy? Or little man? I, young man? That would be like, oh, because, yeah, don't do that. Because they were trying to make a point that little lady apparently is as volatile as, well, how are you doing, you piece of scum shit? Jesus. I mean, it's like, it was very weird. Anyway, you've gone through these corporate trainings, Yeah. Uh, I, yes, yeah, not to the extent that I have, that you have, and he, but I got lucky when I went when I was working for MGM, MGM Grand Properties. Uh, the, well, I guess I, I guess I did. I did have to go through all of that stuff. What I was able to get out of for a year and a half somehow was their diversity training, which was a lot more. <laughs> it was like a whole week straight, like you're oh. off work for a week. In these classes, you know, eight to five. And so, what's uh, the what's the diversity training like? What's that all about? What's MGM the had a div- like a really robust diversity program, early, like before everyone else, before it caught out. Like they were one of the first big companies to really before embrace Starbucks this idea. had to do it. Yeah, yeah, and it was. I mean, again, I, I, I don't somehow I managed to avoid having to go through it, uh, but it was a lot of you know, buzzwords and just we're all, we have to celebrate each other and it takes a diverse group to be a pop, a, a proper team to, you know, just that kind of team building 
horse shit, you know? And there yeah. were, there was a lot of team building and there were teams, like people would like graduate with their class and they would see each other in the hallways, you know, down below in the, in the bowels of the property and be like, hey, whatever their team name was. And it's like, I, this kind of corporate shit, like, ugh. But yeah, it's, it all comes from a good place. And well, I the, recognize why you need to tell people, like, don't say, don't call someone, hey, hey, they're little lady. Don't say that to them. But I think they missed the mark, and I, I did not see these videos, but complimenting somebody on their sweater can be one of two things, or one of many things. It could, one thing it could be is, hey, nice sweater. Looks great on you. Is that new? Cool. And just totally harmless. I could say that to you that way. I could say that to a but female. The thing is, but David, David, your intent doesn't matter. If you say it Which just is that problematic. way, and the woman says, I felt like he was scrutinizing my body, and I felt uncomfortable, you have sexually harassed her. And this is according to all Fine. the what if I say to, What if I things. say to her, uh, I really like the work you did on that, on that presentation for the, the bosses last week. That's fine, because it's work-related. I compliment her work. That's, that's work related. Well, because that's the difference. The difference, and, and that's the thing, is it took me. This, this, okay. Ultimately, one of the things that I walked away is like, what is the agenda of these sexual harassment training sessions? To cover and their I, ass. Is, is, <laughs> it, what it is, it's, it's a, a generalized policy of forced empathy, but the agenda is not to empathize with women. The agenda is shut the fuck up so we don't get sued. Right. That's really yeah. what it is. Exactly it. Yes. It's, and, it's forced empathy. That's a perfect yeah, way to put it. Yeah, you know, and, and it's yeah. like, okay, I get it. Because ultimately, it, and I, there, I mean, I guess there is a certain amount of logic to it. It's like if you keep all of your conversations strictly work-related, then nobody gets sued. Because if you go and say, I really liked your, even if, I mean, I guess if you made a, a facial expression of sexual nature when you said it, I liked your presentation. Uh, yeah. Uh, My tongue was hanging out. Right. I can't make the sound. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's like that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I guess. Any right. fucking weirdo that would do that shit. Well, I really liked your work, blowjob movement. I, what? Yeah, right. Who the well, fuck so, does that? But here's, here's the thing. I mean, you're right. It's, it's, it's forced empathy. It's like when they have the potlucks in the employee dining room. And if you don't do it, like you don't have to, but if you don't, there's a, it's forced fun. Like forced yeah. fun doesn't work either. And the reality is nobody at work is going to talk about just work. People are going to compliment the new sweater. People are going to, uh, what happens if she shows, she just came back from maternity leave. She's got kids and she shows me a picture of her kid. And I say, that is a beautiful child. Congratulations. Healthy, happy, way to go. It has nothing to do with work. But that is that is be, that harassing if I say your child is is a beautiful child? It might be. It's a compliment that has nothing to do with work. How is that it different could, than the sweater? But no, it could be. It could be that you're a pedophile. And it, right. And if I don't say anything, if she shows me pictures of her kids, am I then harassing her because I'm not showing because I'm insulting her by not complimenting her child? Right. Like where does it? That's the problem with this corporate shit is that it draws this really fine line in hard, permanent black ink where it cannot exist that way. Yeah, well, I'm going to go one step because I don't know if this is a... Because it's, it's that chicken and the egg thing. Did the corporate, like, fear of the individual suing them come first? Or did the people saying, I'm suing this corporation because I was hurt and it's their fault? Which came first? I think 
I think it's the litigious yeah. nature of our society that says if I am not satisfied, and these people, a, a perfect example is like, and that's that's it's one of the sentences that I wrote, and actually I have to say, and if you read the piece, I think the first three quarters of it are me just making fun of this class because yeah. it's like in all these classes. However, I did get to a point where I realized. I had to ask the question. I wrote it down in my notes. The question is simply this. Is the culture better for all these policies or better as it is? With all its flaws, with all its unfairness, with all its kind of stupidity, I have to say it's probably better with these policies than without. And one of the things I wrote that Dana was like, I said, the paradigm is making a shift and that's never easy. In this new perspective, no apology will ever be enough. Because admission of guilt is not the goal. This is a fight for power, for retribution, and ultimately for replacement. Men are right to feel under attack because we are the obstacle to the pursuit of that power, the object of that retribution, and the very thing sought to be replaced. Louis C.K. could spend the rest of his life on every, and every morning get up and do a podcast where he says, I'm fucking sorry for the, for the, the jerking off in front of people. He could do it every yeah. day, but it'd never be enough because right. it's not about the apology. It's about power, retribution, and replacement. Okay, but here's the thing. is Because I don't, I don't agree that men are under attack in that Donald Trump Jr. bullshit sort of way. I think that people under power are under, are under attack, and for the very right reasons, in many cases, I think sometimes men get grouped into the stereotype of, even though there is a patriarchy, I'm not saying there's not, but... I don't think there's a patriarchy, but okay. I, I think that's I think that's a myth, how, how many, it works. How many in these sexual it's harassment classes... It's a great propagandic. It's a of, great propaganda that works in the favor of change, and I think that's fine, but I don't think it's like, oh yeah, it's a thing. No, it's not a thing. Of all the videos, were any of the uh, uh, pursuers women, whatever, the, were any of them women? No, but were they make a point them? to say that men and women can sexually harass. But all the videos yeah, I've seen, and I mean across the board, all these videos, it's always a dude. The thing is, I think men as a class, not individual men, but I think men are, should, maybe they're not under attack, but they should feel attacked because ultimately we for good or ill, are the thing that have power, that power wants to be taken away from. We are the ones with privilege mm-hmm. that they want you to give up. Yeah. And if you're not 100% on board with this agenda, you're the enemy of that movement, which has nothing to do with apology. It has nothing to do with empathy. It has everything to do with power. You know, I mean, and sometimes it's wielded well and with respect. Yeah. Camilla uh, Harris to Joe Biden. Very respectful, but Jesus Christ, she nailed him. You know? Yeah, but it's also an easy target. Joe Biden is an well, easy fucking target. Well, he's an old, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, you know, but, yes. But, that's but the she thing. did it's, it it's in a very, it was an intelligent, passionate yeah, way. Great. This is about power and retribution and replacement. And that's okay. This is the thing. I say that men are under attack. I'm not saying that we should fight back. I'm not saying, yeah, we should fight back. Because ultimately, we're under attack because... The people that want that power, that want that retribution, and want that replacement, 
kind of deserve all those things. They kind of deserve all those things. So why not? Yeah. Well, I think I'm, it's not my fight, but I'm, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm just going to back the fuck off. It's like, okay, take the power. I'm okay with it. I think the problem with these corporate videos, um, because again, I think that the, that it comes from a good place. We don't want people to, to feel uncomfortable in the workplace. We want everyone to get along. Great. Fine. Yeah. Uh, and I do think that people, workers were litigious first and some companies were like, well, we don't want to deal with what com- with Acme had to deal with. So company B, we're going to start these HR training, you know, things, blah, blah, blah. And it just, it cascaded from there. Yeah. But here, here's what I think these big companies should do. Instead of setting these really bland, uh, like almost baseless, hyper generic uh, examples is pull from Actual cases, pull from real examples. I worked on a, I edited a book a couple years ago. Uh, an insurance company had contracted me out to edit this book that told these stories, real stories of real yeah. insurance issues and claims. It wasn't like, let's say that you have this and you didn't get insured, this happened. Blah, exactly. Blah. It's like it's like that, I, I can't remember which insurance company is doing it now, but it's um, Jonah Jameson from uh, the first Spider-Man, from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah, J. Whatever his name is. That's um, uh, shit. He was in Whiplash. Farmers. Farmers Insurance. That's the one. They're yeah, like, yeah. We've, we, we've seen this. We call that one the fire horse fire poop or whatever. You know, Give real examples and, say, and reenact them. Like the History Channel. Get some actors. Reenact these things and be like, this actually happened. Know that. Be aware of it. Don't do this. This kind of behavior is going to well, get us all in trouble. You and know then why you can you, buy it and be like, "All right, this isn't just some weird bullshit of some asshole talking to a lady." But about you know her why sweater. they don't? You know why they don't do that? It takes too much effort. No, because what it does is it it the 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 agenda. And we'll take we'll take racism as an example. The agenda is not to point out racism. The agenda is to is to indict an entire culture of supremacy. So in other words, if I if I say, okay, well, let's let's show you racism. I'm going to show you examples of racism. And then you've got this big redneck saying nigger, nigger, nigger. And then you know, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. Well, that's not the whole total. That, that That's one very egregious example. Okay, so now sexual harassment. Let's talk about the guys at Caesar's Palace that created a sex room in the back and told all the women that worked in the kitchen that didn't speak any English that they had to fuck them in this sex room or they were going to get fired. And they did this for seven fucking years before somebody caught him okay well then me as a dude that might come in and and say hey sally nice tits i could say yeah but i didn't create a sex room that guy's a harasser i'm just complimenting tits so that's why they don't go to those specific things because if they give you specifics then you're not attacking a culture you know sort of a cultural paradigm of harassment and i the thing about it is that's why i say is it better than with all this bullshit because i think it's ridiculous on some level however my mom's told stories about you know bosses sticking their dicks in her head yeah like walking up and jamming her crotch in her shoulder and shit is it better than any yes if i feel a little bit like oh i can, that's one of the things i've noticed at work is like i'm used to using terms of endearment yeah yeah okay you know and i it's like you know it's like yeah Don, can I get you to come over? Absolutely, my love. I'll be there in a second. Right. That's just that just comes out of my mouth. It's right. not like I'm I'm not trying to be demeaning. It's just I'm just being nice. However, 
if it makes me pause and I don't say my love, and I say Monica instead, and it makes Monica feel better, it doesn't hurt me not to say my love. Right. It just means I have to adjust my behavior because there's always going to be that one person that goes, he called me my love. Who the fuck is he? That's sexual harassment. And then I've, you know, I've walked into something I don't need to. And so I do think the reason they don't give it specifics is that then you focus on the specifics and you don't focus on the general situation. Yeah, I just have a hard time acknowledging that complimenting somebody's sweater in the workplace is not okay. If in con- and I understand why they use that, and I, but it's like, that's such bullshit. Because I, if I've got a work relationship with, with Dana, and she and I work together, and she gets a new sweater, and I notice it, or it's an old sweater, I don't give a shit. And I say, that's a great sweater. I, I like it. Or she says, hey, is that a new blazer? Or I like your blazer. Well, cool, just thanks. A, like, what it means is that at work, you're focused on noticing what she's wearing rather than work. But and that's I, the again, reality of work. I noticed, is that we, I, we have good work comes from people who get along. People who get along discuss their personal lives to whatever degree, either in great detail or just superficially. But we, there's pictures of kids on computers, on the desktop, on the desks, you know, like whatever. It, that's, that's an insane thing to ask of somebody. Well, this is the thing that I think is part of it is, and I don't think anybody that's either a misandrist or even really a feminist would agree with this perspective, but I would say part of it is the less we make our personalities a part of the workplace, the more automaton we are, the more strictly business we are, the less personalized we are, the more easily replaceable we are. Great point. And to that point, because I was just thinking that when I was at peak six, I there was a small group of people that I worked with that knew about Littered Ape, that you know I talked about person you know personal things with you know that knew the de- details of my home life you know about the dog yeah. about Katie whatever, um, but I made a point for people to not know what I did outside of work. I wouldn't even tell them about Gilda's Club, yeah, because I didn't want to show them too many of my cards because what if that came back to bite me in the ass and exactly the less the less you present the more like everybody else you are the more autonomous or automaton the more completely cog in the machine you are and i don't you know again if if it has to be a choice between me being a, a, a an emotionless unfriendly just simply pleasant person to work with versus you know Doug walking around with his dick in his hand and shoving it in people's <laughs> ears. Uh, I'll take me being an autopilot. You know, I mean, it, it, it's not a perfect solution by any stretch of the means, but it's better than what it has been. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it's, and, and the it's other frustrating, that, yeah, but it is easy, better. It's easy for them to replace you then because, yeah, as they say, you know, don't don't give everything it, to your job because they wouldn't give anything back to you to keep. You know, whatever that that weird meme is about how a job wouldn't go out of its way to to save your job. Yeah. What, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I can't think of what it is exactly, but it's stupid. I know, yeah. But yeah, the idea is that your place of business, in most cases, especially big companies, they don't give a shit about you. Hmm. So this whole idea of don't step out of line, don't do anything but work stuff, it's just their way to keep you as a, as a cog 
as replaceable Without, as you possibly yeah. can be. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're essential and you're a part of something that's bigger, well, then then they got to pay you more. Yeah. If you bring value, like more than minimum your, wage. And that's part of the problem I'm having as I as I search for, you know, full time gigs is like. A big value that I know I bring to a workplace is all the shit that I do outside of work. Your personality. It's your, my personality. It's, uh, yeah, my experience. Your passions, yes. your interests, yeah. your creativity, yeah. And a lot of places don't want that because, well, he'll come in and disrupt things or he'll make a scene or he'll do something different and we cannot have that. And then, ah, uh, what if we're at risk of, he's got a, an irreverent sense of humor. Ooh, Bad HR, bad well, you know, HR. I'll be honest with you, with the exception, honestly, and I can say this, with the exception of this casino job, every job I've ever been hired for, I was hired because I would do that. And yeah. then ultimately, after I did that, I got, I didn't get fired, but things soured generally because I continued to do that. It's like, okay, to come in here and shake it up yeah. until we're tired of you shaking it up and now stop doing that. It's like, no, this is why I got hired to shake things up. So I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. They yep. go, oh, but we don't like you shaking it up. Why can't you just toe the line? Because you didn't hire me to toe the line. What the fuck? And then everything goes sour. Right. Yep. Been there. You know, yeah. with Casino, I was I was hired because I can manage people and I'm friendly. Yeah. They want my personality, even though they don't want me to say my love to staff members, which is fine. I, I, I can I can adjust to that. And but don't you dare say anything about anybody's sweater. I don't think the left's going to win, no matter who fucking runs. Well, I, I'll say this: what what, what the debate because we're a did bunch of fucking me, assholes. Yeah, we're we're a bunch of fucking assholes. The party we deserve is to so fucking lose because we're too stupid to win. So completely broken up, and that's why we have twenty fucking people. Yeah, running or yeah, running right now. Uh, but what the what the debates did do for me is they did. Kamala Harris did get a bump in my book. Just seeing her work, I was like, uh, uh, yeah, okay. She got some, I don't know if she got some points, but I'm like, yeah, she's growing on me. Yeah. Um, it confirmed that See, I See, I was like, always in her court. I love her. I loved it, her since the day I saw her. Long before she announced her fucking candidacy, I've always thought Kamala Harris was cool. It confirmed that smart. I don't like, that I still don't like Amy Klobuchar. No. Um, it confirmed that I really still don't like um, Gildebrand. No, uh, I don't like Gildebrand strictly and for one reason only. It's Al Franken. That's it. That's part. That's a big. Part. I'm sorry. That's the she only. Not I don't listen to a that. word she says. I don't listen yeah. to a fucking word she says. Why? Because she climbed over the back of destroying Al Franken to get where she's at. Fuck her. I don't yeah. have any respect for her. It confirmed. I mean, where I was with Biden, like, just get the fuck out of here, dude. Um, the other people, like, I kind of didn't know, and it was like, yep, they didn't really do anything for me but as far as warren and harris klobuchar and uh gildebrand it was like those the funniest the, those line, the four i was paying attention here, to really here's the funniest line that i read uh today was uh beto o'rourke oh. is what it would is what it would be like if gentrification was a person <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that katie says something <laughs> really funny about his his stage presence and i this morning and i can't remember what it was. It had to do with somebody dying. <laughs> who's, Ka- who's Katie's uh, Who's Katie's dream team? Uh, good question. I know she really likes Harris. She likes Gildebrand. Uh, she likes Warren. And she likes Bernie. I don't know. So she and I are right, pretty much in the same yeah, boat right, right now. Minute. See, to me, the, 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 the dream team, the team that, like right now, it might change, but 
based on everything I've known about these people, about all of these people, I mean, some of them I didn't know anything about, and I don't give a fuck, and they didn't do anything to impress me, and so I don't care. But based on all of this, the team I want is I want Elizabeth Warren running for president and Kamala Harris running for vice president. I think that one-two punch would, number one, I think they actually could beat Trump. Because they're, they're smart, they know it, but they're not smug like uh, Hillary was. Right. And, and they both have substantive ideas where, uh, where Warren lacks uh, sort of gravity, and she's old. Kamala Harris has that. She's not as likable. She sides a little bit more with the police unions than she should, but she fucking argues like a motherfucker. She is smart. Both of them are smarter than almost anybody on that stage. I'm almost make, anybody I'm on a, that stage. I, I God, I love that. that team. I'm going to make a really terrible analogy for this right. because I don't know how else to say it. But it's like this, and this is bad. This is bad because it's so not accurate. Uh, <laughs> but stick with me. It's like Chuck D. It's Public Enemy. Chuck D. is Elizabeth Warren. Got all the lyrics. Got the smarts, got the brain, and Kamala Harris is Flava Flav. She's got exactly yes. You know, she gets the audience going and is like, "What is that lyric you want to tell us about social disinfected youth and you know whatever like whatever the hell it gets deep into the socioeconomics of things?" I think that's probably what it is, and I get that. That wouldn't be a bad ticket. My question is, or I, so yeah, my question is, I believe that that would unite the left really well. But I think that it would send the middle screaming for the hills, which is wrong, which is stupid. And it's because there's two women and one of them is Jamaican and Indian. You know, dude, I'm telling you, the middle's not voting for us with with us anyway. The middle's going to vote for some are going to vote Democratic no matter what. Some are going to vote for Trump because what the fuck else? Because they hate whatever women or what black people. You know, the thing about it is. That's one of the things. I think we're going to lose no matter what. I really do. I think because we are so fractured as a left. When I watch Cory Booker go oh, after Biden, fuck that, guy. that was fucking, another thing. I forgot. And about I him, loved and I loved Biden and I loved Cory. Confirmed to me how much I did not like Cory Booker. Well, I, never see, I always did like Cory Booker uh, until he started going after Biden, and I went, "Man, why you're doing the same shit they did in the goddamn thing 2016?" And that's why we lost. Stop it. But I was like, God, Christ Almighty! Um, I think Cory Booker has nothing to say. I think I think we're going to lose no matter what because we focus more on how much we hated Donald Trump than fucking turning around gerrymandering, right? And so I think we're going to lose no matter what. So if we're going to lose no matter what, at least have a fucking cool ticket. And the coolest ticket we can get is Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris. I think Elizabeth Warren because you know when she. Felt when she took Trump's bait and did the whole Native American Cherokee Indian thing, whatever that fucking idiot move was. I was like, you can't, you can't do this. If you're falling for this shit, you cannot do this. But I love her thoughts on policy. She's got she's plans. smarter than fucking I anybody think, on that stage. Yes, and I think she that makes she Hillary learned. Clinton look like a fucking toothless redneck in terms of intelligence. Yeah, yeah. she's smart as shit. And I think that she learned from that mistake of taking Trump's bait. I don't think because it's not so much of what a lot of these a lot of the the, the candidates are saying is Trump is bad. We need to beat Trump. And well, okay, no yeah, shit. Like we know that 
the sun is shining and it's made of hydrogen. So we beat Trump. That is, you know, let's just call it a year and a half of of battle. What happens then? Then yeah, what are you, you got to have ideas. Have some fucking ideas. And run it, on something. And both Harris and Warren have ideas. What pissed me off a lot on the during the debates, and this is a big talking point for Joe Biden, which pisses me off even more because he fucking should know better. But Joe Biden doesn't know better, and that's what what I don't like about that's him. That's why I love that, That's learns. why I love Joe Biden. He never he learns. It. He just well, it's not that he doesn't learn. He just doesn't fucking care about your bullshit. He knows what he does. <sighs> he's yeah, seven hundred. Well, he's seven hundred and forty-two years old. The guy's as old as fucking Methuselah. He's lived <laughs> some life, goddammit. But he's talking about how we need to. America's gone off track. We need to get it back. And da da da. And Donald Trump has ruined this and br- broken up America, bro. We have Donald Trump because America was divided before. Did he take the? Did Trump take the division, the little fracture, and turn it into a gigantic fault? Yes, yeah, he did. Okay, but the fracture was there. The division was there. Yeah. And you were last in the White House, and you didn't see this or recognize this. You <coughs> bubble living motherfucker. Yeah. Like, don't. This is not Trump's fault. This no. is the state of America. Trump is. Trump is a symptom. Of the fault. Right. He's not the disease. Get him the fuck out. I'm 110,000% behind that. Get, but get then how the do fucking, we get the country back? Get the carcinoma or, off your face. Yes. But don't blame the carcinoma for cancer. There is a, a week ago, uh, Awaken with JP. JP Sears, a comedian who does the ultra spiritual life. I love that guy. Yeah, he's super funny. Episode 163 came out a week ago. Growing your following with a social media detox. I meant to send that to you today, and I got distracted, so I will send that to you because you need to watch it. It's almost six minutes long. But basically what he's saying is in order to do a proper social media detox, as you're doing, is you need to announce it on social media. So have you done that yet? Have you said, hey, guys, I'm leaving Facebook, so if you need me, you can... I wrote a literate article. That's what I did. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So that's announcing Well, you're that- probably not doing it right then, buddy. That was yeah, an, that was my announcement. Was I did it on, but I but I did it before I put the article out. So the only people that saw the article were the people I wanted them to see it. Yeah. So it's not like it was a surprise to them. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I'm not doing a detox. Well, right, right. I a know. detox. A detox is like, oh, I'm going to come back to it. I'm not fucking coming back. I, I, I can't. But it's you just, you have to be careful. And we talked about this last week. Is don't use your don't use the literate ape or Don I, Hall events in, you know, in, in lieu of your personal page. You can't and, post and, other and shit. And I did that once, and you called me out on it. I went, he's absolutely right. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, you're right. That's I can't use it at all for that. And so, and there have been numerous times where I want to. Yeah. And I say, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. I have no time. But there's other things, and I'm trying to think of something that Don Hall's personal page posted that could have gone on Don Hall events or Literate Ape. Because I, I, we're bad at this, at posting other things on the Literate Ape Facebook page other than what we publish. Like, well, and I, and that, that's, what, that's my next step, is to be looking for stuff like that that I think is, is relevant news, to Literate Ape. News, to, about news items, art stuff. culture, sociopolitical yeah. shit. Yeah, it's like stuff that fits. And so I'm trying to look for that so that I can... So I have and it's, an not, it's not a political page. It's not... Because no. we're not a... We don't take a stance on. I mean, our politics are pretty clear based on our yeah. writers and what we talk about on this on yeah. this podcast. But we're not a political magazine or organization. Yeah. We're not but, a political rag. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, I I avoided Facebook uh, when I was in Mexico a month ago 
completely off of it. Yeah. And and Instagram and email and you know all of it. And it was really nice. And since then, in the last month, I've I haven't taken it off my phone because I like when I do post some things. I can Instagram sure. and then Twitter and you know it's just. But I'm really making an effort to not scroll through it when I'm watching TV or to scroll through it when I'm waiting in line at the grocery store or to scroll through it when I'm giving Harry a bath. I've never done that. I'm t- <laughs> uh, that would be dangerous. Yeah. Well, you're, you're doing Facebook Live when you're giving right. him a bath yes. and then you're arrested for pedophilia. It's either that or I'm watching you porn. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say? I said, then you're accused of pedophilia or kitty porn because you're live, you're Facebook Live and your child in a bathtub. Yeah, what did you say after that? I don't remember. Oh, I thought I heard you. That was weird. We'll have to edit this out. Or not. I don't it care. It depends on what I said. I'll have to listen back and see what I said. If it was really interesting, I'll keep it. And then yeah. all this about it. Did you just sneeze? Was it a sneeze? No. Huh. Are you fucking hearing things? I might be. Old man. I might be. Old there. man river. That is uh, cultural appropriation, and I don't appreciate it. Yes, it is. It. Derek, there you go. Uh, I, I, um, I, these, these headphones are haunted. They're the ghosts are speaking to me. No, I think that getting off Facebook is a great thing because you, you can fucking be present and deal with shit, and you can jump on to check, like, I uh, wish somebody a happy birthday or whatever. Or don't. It fucking, because the people you want to wish happy birthday to are the people whose, whose birthdays you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing about it is, it's just I realized it was taking up way more of my time than I needed to. Yeah. And that, like, every break I took at work, I'm instantly going into Facebook first. And it's like, no, 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 I can't. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta limit this. I don't wanna do this anymore. This is not fun. It did become my, like, I'm gonna take a pause at work. I want the Facebook. Like, it was like a mindless, Mm -hmm. uh, just involuntary action. Yeah, and the amount of time I did in a day look at Facebook, I realized, okay, that's alarming. Yeah. I mean, if that was like if that was like Rolos, like every time I looked at Facebook, I was eating a Rolo, <laughs> I weighed 700 tons. <laughs> you know what I mean? I weighed yeah. 700 yeah. fucking tons from the delicious milk chocolatey, God. caramely goodness of a Rolo. If every time I did it, I'd be a giant fat guy. Yeah. So I went, you know what? No more fucking Rolos for me. Fair enough. All right, Simeon cohort, here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing this week is a read. Uh, It's a story from time. It's about a month old, uh, but being that the World Cup is happening, read this time story. uh, You can find it on time.com. Soccer player Alex Morgan wants the respect and money. Uh, What does that say? Well, who would, gosh, he wants respect and money? Oh, sorry. So Does he want I can't, so I can't read my handwriting. Soccer, play, soccer player Alex Morgan <laughs> wants the respect and money female players deserve. It's in, on time.com. Uh, it's an important article about uh, how men's soccer players, who, especially the U.S. men's soccer, fucking suck and get paid way more than the women's coaches, women's players, all of it. It's, it's terrible. And the women's soccer team, women's U.S. soccer team, they beat France today. They were saying that France was like the... Uh, barrier. If they can beat France, it's yeah. as good as theirs, and that may change. You know, everyone has a bad game, but I'm not a big sports guy. But I know enough to make an educated guess and say that the U.S. women's soccer team may be the best team in sports right now, and maybe in the last decade. 
They're and I think that powerful. I think you're probably right, but I think the, the the problem that I have with the idea that just because they're the best, they should get paid the most, is the idea that sports, that what you get paid for sports is based on your talent and not on how much your games bring in in terms of commerce. Right, but that's part of this part of the story. So we read the story. Right. We talk about I like want to read the story. The marketing is way out of whack. Okay, right? so yeah. it's undermarketed. That, yes. right, that makes sense. Yes. All right, my first thing is a watch. It is a Netflix movie uh, with Allison uh, Williams. It is The Perfection. It is. I wrote a piece about it uh, last week, so if you don't, if you're not sure, go read that piece on litteredape.com. Um, but I, I really liked it. It is a rare example of a sort of very, I think, you know, pretty obviously hashtag Me Too message being done in a way that is not like, hey, let's preach at you. It's yeah. very smart. It's gory as shit. It's fucking mind trippy. Excellent acting. Good stuff. Okay. The perfection. Uh, my next thing is a watch. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Good Omens. Mm. Based off of a book. It's a six episode. Each one is six about an episodes. hour. Six um, episodes. It's fun. It's, it's a lot like uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It has that kind of feel to it. That oh, kind of I hate zany, that. dry British feel. But See, it's, I haven't seen it, but I hate Hitchhikers. I hate Douglas Adams. I hate it. Well, maybe this isn't for you then. But it was it was enjoyable. It wasn't. But it's Neil Gaiman, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. see. I love Neil Gaiman, so well, I, I got to see give it. it a so go. I was like, all right, yeah, all right, I, yeah, all right. I'll do that. My second thing is a read. It is on the Verge, V E R G E Verge dot com. It is an article, and it's brilliant. Called bodies in seats it is by casey newton the tagline is at facebook's worst performing content moderation site in north america one contractor has died and others say they fear for their lives and this is one of the rare like online articles that has a content warning and huh. the content warning is this story contains descriptions of violent acts against people and animals, accounts of sexual harassment and post-traumatic stress disorder, and other potentially disturbing content. And that ain't no fucking joke. Wow. This is this is basically about a, a, a Facebook content moderation place in Florida and, and people being subjected to the most hateful shit that humanity has to offer. One of the reasons... I decided to do as much as I could to get rid of Facebook was this article. Huh, okay. All right. Uh, my third is, this is for Chicago, Chicagoans or people visiting Chicago this weekend. It's Gay Pride Weekend, Gay Pride Parade Weekend. Uh, today, actually, uh, if you're listening to this podcast as it drops Sunday morning. Uh, so my, th- my third thing is to do, it's be safe, have fun at the Pride Parade. Also, don't code switch with a list while you're there. Because that's a terrible idea. Well, it's just a, yeah, it's kind of a terrible idea. Any day. Like, I'm so proud. Like, you're not. But just, yeah, but if you do that on I'm Gay Pride you, Day, you might just get your man. ass kicked. Yeah, yeah you might just get the shit kicked right out of you for doing and that. And if you don't think the gays can kick your ass, they can because they, they work. They're out. in shape. They're in fucking yeah. shape. Um, my last thing is a listen. It's a podcast. I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I've listened to a couple of them and I really, really like uh, Like it. It's called Nice Try Utopian. Um, it is Avery Truffleman, and she's super fun. Um, explores stories of people who tried to design a better world and what happens when those designs fail. Huh. Uh, and uh, it's like uh, episode, one of the episodes is Germania. 
architecture and fascist utopia. Um, <laughs> Levittown Concord Park Utopia in our backyard. Jamestown Utopia for whom? And it's <laughs> it's all of it, and it's it is really interesting. And it says a lot about uh, sort of like our desire for better. And I, I just, I've, like I said, I've only listened to a couple episodes. And they're not long. They're like 40 minutes apiece. But man, she's funny. The stories are fascinating. And it's very well researched and it's fun. So I, I really liked Nice Try. Because it's sort of this, this smirky thing. It's like, all right. And I love the title too. Yeah. Nice Try, Jackass. <laughs> it's very funny. I really liked it. Right on. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about it, all that good stuff. And have a great week. Rock and roll. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>